Auburn is not a place, it is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than a college sports venue, more than a university filled with historic buildings, more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people, those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time or for a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's Oak Trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid in the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. Warrior Auburn family, and welcome back to another edition of Auburn Roots. This is our journey of exploring and sharing the stories of your Auburn family members. This is episode 28, and I'm very excited to bring in a guest that I have gotten to know over the past few years vicariously through a member here of the E2C network. And, you know, you get an appreciation for some of these guys that volunteer with us by getting to know the family uh, that is that, that they were raised in and, and that is where their heritage and their Auburn fandom comes from. So we're going to actually take a look at that today by speaking to Mr. Rob Richardson. He is the father of AJ Richardson. Many of you will know him from the No Huddle podcast here on the E2C network, and he's been on some other ones as well here. And AJ's episode, believe it or not, will be coming up in the nearest future. But we're going to let his dad get the jump on him and get his episode done first. So, Rob, thank you so much for being willing to share your Auburn roots. It is my pleasure to to join you this evening and War Eagle to everybody. War Eagle to you as well. And, you know, you got to give me this first. What's it like to be the father of one A.J. Richardson, if you had to put it into a nutshell? Well, it's an honor. Certainly one of the biggest Auburn fans, uh, Auburn graduate that I know and I would like to think that I was part of his indoctrination into the Auburn family and <laughs> certainly enjoyed going to games with him when he was growing up. And even to this past Saturday at a day, him joining us was uh, a great, great joy. He's a wonderful Christian man, husband. One day he's going to give me a grandchild. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but uh, he's a, fantastic firstborn leader aj no pressure buddy uh but you've heard it here first i think he's ready for some grandchildren <laughs> he wants some more auburn for auburn family members to start indoctrinating i love that you brought that up already uh some people will view it as indoctrination maybe from the other side of the fan base but it's just you know it's in our blood we can't deny it right we're just born to be auburn family members very true so what i want to do with you rob to start off with as we do everybody um, well, let me ask you this question first. Why Auburn in the fact of why do you continually choose to be an Auburn fan? Because let's be honest, there are thousands of universities out there. There are thousands of other sports teams out there to attach yourself to. But if you could just in a general sense, tell me why you choose Auburn every single day. Why would that be? I would say family and not just the Auburn family is is usually talked about but um my parents were auburn fans my two of my uncles auburn grads and um uh, so it was it seemed to be meant to be sometimes the it's hard to 
to break from history, but sometimes we're thankful of that because it, we end up in the best possible situation being part of the Auburn family. Uh, and I'm not shocked that it goes back deep into your family's history. Uh, but Unfortunately, let's... it started with being born in some little college town in West Alabama called <laughs> Tuscaloosa. <laughs> so an auspicious beginning. I had a feeling we were going to get to that part of it, and you kind of already outed yourself a little bit. Uh, so you, you started your life off in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, give me a little bit of a perspective of what it's like. Leave the Auburn part of it out, but you know, just living in Tuscaloosa, describe that from your perspective growing up during that time. Well, it was an, uh, an interesting beginning uh, but my parents were very wise, and we moved from Tuscaloosa at a at a very young age. So we moved from there to Montgomery, which was a much more Auburn-friendly place. It is very much. Do you think that Montgomery's um, pretty split down the middle, or do you think it still favors one side or the other? Now, growing up, it seemed to lean Alabama, though many of my friends were Auburn fans. We went to Auburn games, and you tend to – to hang out with uh, those who believe like you do. But uh, certainly there were a lot of Alabama friends and certainly have a large number of, of friends who, who pull for that other team. Um, but uh, as AJ will learn one day at some point in life, you have to realize you got to move on from some of the real fiery hatred so <laughs> are you saying if, aj hasn't learned if, that yet <laughs> if you want to keep your job and stuff like that so when you yeah. when you have when you have clients who are you know of the other persuasion and um if you marry into a family that pulls for that other team in majority you you learn to get along but you, you got to stand up for your team you do. You definitely do. I think it's a, a balancing act that you learn as time goes on. I can you know, speak from my own life. Uh, there was a time I was pretty, pretty fiery myself. I've never, I'll be honest with you. I've never thought of AJ as fiery in terms of being an Auburn fan. Passionate, yes, but fiery. So to hear you kind of vocalize that, I, I'm kind of, I need to work on pulling that out of him more so I can see the fiery side of him. <laughs> if you watch a game with he and I, you'll see the fire. Well, we'll probably have to set that up in the near future so I can uh, witness that. I'm, I'm sure you can help bring it out of him just so that we can sit there and get it on videotape and show the world. Oh, look, he's got, he's got Langston in there. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about you uh, growing up in Tuscaloosa. You move uh, to Montgomery. So you literally went from a place where it is unheard of to be an Auburn fan to a place that's probably, as you described, and I would agree a little bit more friendly in that sense. Um, how much time did you spend in Montgomery? All of my growing up years before heading to Auburn as a, as a freshman, my parents were both from West Georgia, Columbus and LaGrange, which was pretty friendly Auburn territory as well. Uh, part of the plains as I would call it. Part of the plains. So when you're growing up during this time, uh, growing in your Auburn fandom, was there ever a moment or a time where you considered, another team, another school, or was it always the orange and blue? Well, interesting story. Although my dad and mom grew up in West Georgia, uh, the company he was working for while he was putting himself through school wanted to start a, a warehouse up in 
the Midwest in Chicago and said, hey, we want you to move up there and run this warehouse and maybe you can find a place to go to college while you're there and finish out your college year. So he was fortunate enough to go to college and graduate from Northwestern University, which is kind of the Vanderbilt of the Midwest, um, <laughs> very prestigious as far as academics. So he he just happened into that and graduated from Northwestern. He, Although Northwestern's been fairly good recently, um, when he was there in the late 50s, early 60s, they uh, had a coach named Era Parsegian, who was mm-hmm. a very famous, won a couple of national championships at Notre Dame. But before he went to Notre Dame, he coached Northwestern, and uh, they had great teams back then. So they went and, you know, remember them talking about going to road games at Minnesota and Wisconsin and Michigan and such in the snow. So <laughs> quite a quite a, a different experience than, than being at Auburn. It really brings the, you know, the old saying of I used to walk five miles in the snow to, to reality, doesn't it? You know, when they actually had to back up in that uh, in that part of the world. And I, I have some family members um, that are up in the Midwest region in Wisconsin. So I'm very familiar with those type of stories. But, you know, I've not heard of someone having a connection, obviously, with Auburn, but also with Northwestern as well. It's not, you know, you hear a lot of Auburn, Georgia. You hear a lot of Auburn, Alabama. You might even hear an Auburn, Florida thrown in there or Tennessee. But an Auburn-Northwestern connection in terms of just, you know, family ties, that's a bit of a unique one. How does that Northwestern roots for you compare to being an Auburn fan? Is is it a lot different or how, how does that work for you? I would just say it was it was interesting. You know, gave us another team to pull for. Uh, although Northwestern in most years uh, didn't have a great football team, but have have as of recently. And I particularly was enjoyed the bowl games in 2010, and also this last one in 2021 when Auburn and Northwestern played each other in pretty tight games. So. Auburn won the first one, Northwestern unfortunately won the last one. So you can tell who I was pulling for. I was going to say, I'm glad you threw in the unfortunately part of that. <laughs> so he's, yeah, I, I understand having your loyalty and, and your family ties, and you might feel a little bit pulled you know, in both directions. Uh, but I'm glad to see that where you truly, truly, truly lie. And I didn't have any questions on that. But when you when you hear these things like family ties, for instance, when I mentioned Wisconsin, I have an affinity for the Wisconsin Badgers, but I will never, ever pull for them over Auburn. It seems like you and I agree on that that standpoint as well. Absolutely. Would you ever considered going to Northwestern? I did not. And when I was a senior in high school in Montgomery, I had kind of a short list. And North Northwestern was briefly on there until uh, Dad realized, much like tuition at Vanderbilt, tuition at Northwestern is astronomical. So he made it uh, very clear that I was to pick a an in-state public university. And there was only one of those to choose from. And that was Auburn. Absolutely. That other place, you know, <laughs> we don't, we don't even consider that as an option. I, I'll never forget when I first got my first flyer in for Alabama, I just like just slid it across the table into the trash can, didn't even look at it for half a second. Um, 
but really unique that you've got the, those family ties to Northwestern. And, you know, I, I think you would probably know this, um, but Auburn and Northwestern share a little bit of history themselves in ter- terms of uniforms. The Northwestern stripes that Auburn boasts on their uniforms obviously come from Northwestern. Were you aware of that? Absolutely. And I've got a little bit of Northwestern garb that I wear, and it is the same the- the stripe on Auburn's uniform is called the Northwestern Stripe. And if you'll notice, even this past A-Day, many of the, the games, the grounds crew at Jordan-Hare Stadium also cut the grass in a way that it's got a Northwestern Stripe on there. So, See, I didn't even catch that. So that's a great find by you. And since you've got those ties back to Northwestern, you would definitely notice something like that. Um, I think what we need to arrange for you one day, I don't know if, have you talked to Clint Richardson before or do you know Clint? I have. We actually saw each other at the, uh, I guess last in Tampa at the bowl game a couple of years ago. We definitely need to get you two together someday, just talking about Northwestern stripes because we did a podcast with each other one time. I think we spent probably 30 minutes talking about Northwestern stripes. The dude will take one, you know, object on a uniform and like, just unravel it in a good way and explain everything, a little nuance about it. So I'm glad you two have had a chance to meet. Um, and I think we will actually probably be hearing from him very soon here on Auburn roots as well. Uh, it, there's no relation though, to the Richardsons and you, <laughs> it's very common. No, we, we would adopt him, but, uh, Oh, that's so nice. We, we appreciate all he does and, uh, cataloging every Auburn uniform there's ever been. Absolutely. All right. Before we talk about when you actually get to Auburn, uh, give me a little bit more about growing up during this era as a as a child, as an adolescence in Auburn sports fandom. What do you remember? What are some moments that spe- stick out to you? Sure. You know, particularly Iron Bowls growing up. I remember being frustrated at times when dad and mom would get to go to the Iron Bowl when I was younger and there, w- there wouldn't be a ticket for me. And um, I particularly remember the 1972 Iron Bowl they went to the game with my uncle, who's an Auburn grad, and an aunt, and um, we. So I got stuck at my cousin's house, their son, and we watched part of the Iron Bowl game in 1972. Auburn got down a couple of touchdowns, and one of the cousins said, "Hey, let's go out in the yard and play, you know, pick up football." And so we went outside and started. Uh, you know, great football match up there. And at some point, my cousin's wife came to the front door and yelled us out in the yard and come in, you got to see this. <laughs> and it was right as the, the first punt was blocked by Auburn returned for a touchdown. And then we got to watch the, the, the rest of the game, the infamous punt, Bama punt matchup and uh, see Auburn win 17 to 16. And, uh, in a game that was, uh, you know, that was the, f- the first time Auburn had beaten Alabama in quite some time. So that was a really huge deal. That's one that comes up a lot. It's a very special game, obviously, for the whole of the Auburn family. But you know what strikes me, and, and it's very, I'm very happy to hear this echoed in your story because I've heard it, I think, even mentioned here on this series once before. You know, so many people that weren't able to actually go to that game, you know, and, and there seems to be a common theme parents leaving their kids behind to go to this epic game. <laughs> but uh, spending time with your family, as you talked about at the very beginning when we asked you why Auburn. It goes back just beyond the Auburn family itself, but back to a family type of thing. You'll always have those memories 
of spending it with your family and, you know, running back inside to see that moment live on television. Now I'm sure you would have loved to have been in the stadium who wouldn't have, uh, you know, it's kind of the same thing of would have loved to have been there for the kick six for a lot of people, but you'll always have those memories of sharing that with your cousins and knowing what it felt like to rush into that living room and share in that passion and that celebration together. And uh, I can imagine there was a lot of relief for you as an Auburn fan in that era uh, after losing for so, so many years. Very much. It was much easier to go to school the next week and, you know, get to boast, have bragging rights for the next year. And there were some years like that and others that were more difficult. So what other uh, big moments in in sports or uh, or anything during this growing up period of your life uh, for Auburn that stick out to you? Sure. Um, you know, we went to most of the home football games um, in my, at least my junior high and high school years and became a, a huge fan. I remember even being in the stadium the first game, the first upper deck was built at Jordan-Hare Stadium and that was exciting. There was, uh, you know, always the the fanfare of of tailgating and Tiger Walk and and the marching band and cheerleaders, uh, you know. But the game was the the focal point. So when win or lose, um, our family was was all in. I was an only child, so I got drugged to to most of those early on. But uh, you know, learned to love that and be a part of the Auburn sports family from from early on. We went. We had season tickets to uh, football games as well as the the basketball games, which was, you know, more numerous than the football games. And so that was a great aversion to to be able to go to those games at night. So you've literally seen, you know, big time different eras uh, for Auburn football and basketball from obviously now to back uh, what you were talking about in the seventies and, and around that time frame. If you had to try to like compare the two different eras for the Auburn fandom, the Auburn family, you know, what's different about it compared to back then versus now, or is there any difference? There's a lot of continuity as far as family and, you know, we support Auburn win or lose. Uh, I remember iron bowls where uh, we left triumphant and at Legion field that was, you know, supposedly split half and half. Usually there were more <laughs> Alabama fans who stuck in there. Um, and so, but, you know, if we happened to lose, it was uh, War Eagle anyway. And uh, we held our heads high and, and we always knew that, that uh, the, the teams left it all on the field. Um, I remember the Shug Jordan era, the, you know, in the early years. And uh, we had a neighbor, uh, Carl Stevens, who's, Richard Stevens' dad, Richard um, grew up with him, and uh, Carl Stevens was local sportscaster, but also the stadium announcer at Jordan-Hare Stadium, as well as the PA announcer at Memorial Coliseum at the time for, for basketball games as well. He also did the the uh, Auburn football review on Sunday, so I always focused on that, and he would break down the plays and um, talk about the individual players and that r- really got me interested in in Auburn in the game 
Yeah, I learned that from you recently when we were uh, um, we met on campus that you guys were uh, friends uh, of the Stevens family, and we've actually uh, talked to Richard here on Auburn Roots a couple episodes back. I think it was episode six twenty six or something like that, uh, but not too long ago that we spoke to him and talked a little bit about his dad and things like that. Did you ever felt like you had the inside track to re- what was really going on in Auburn, having that big of a figure there? Well, you know, of course they knew. You know, never got to meet Coach Jordan, but um, you know they would they would talk about it as a family of you know just a, a great Southern gentleman, a tough football coach, and a great uh, example for us to to follow. But um, I remember particularly at Auburn basketball games when we would go as a as a teenager and uh, would have opportunities to uh, at halftime during a break in the action go down and and tap Carl Stevens on the shoulder and he'd be studying the stats from the first half and sometimes he would point out things but he was always very generous and friendly to, to us neighborhood kids that, that pull for Auburn yeah that was a, a special relationship that uh, developed between uh, Mr. Stevens and Coach Jordan and you know, that's, we look back at those times very fondly, not just because of the big moments, but because of the people. And those are two very special people in Auburn history that we'll always remember. So happy that you guys got to have a little bit of a more intimate relationship and, and uh, get to know them a little bit better. It's a cool little connection there within the Auburn family. I want to talk about now you arrive on campus. Tell me when that is. What is Rob's plan for college at Auburn? Well, it was really great in that in high school, I had several friends who were a year older than me that preceded me to Auburn. So I felt like I already had a great group of friends there and surrounded myself with with others uh, through the Baptist Student Union and the Baptist Campus Ministries and was kind of our fraternity of the time and um, even had a, a good friend growing up who had walked on to the Auburn football team and, uh, you know, had some tie-ins with, with some of his friends as he uh, tried his best to be, uh, uh, make it as an offensive guard in the SEC, which was a big step up from, from high school. But that was, you know, that was a, a, a great opportunity. So I started in 1982, uh, you know, much like our son, AJ, uh, had a great era of Auburn football to enjoy from 1982 to 1986 with the likes of Bo Jackson and mm. Lionel Little Train James, Steve Wallace, and Al Del Greco and Brent Fullwood and the whole the whole crowd of, of the burgeoning Pat Dye era, which was uh, very successful, as we know. Yes, it's quite a pantheon of names that you just mentioned there. I'm sure obviously there are some that are super familiar, some that are, and they're still very familiar uh, to us when we look back in Auburn Lord. That era is becoming what I feel like is almost this generation Shug Jordan era. You know, I felt like I was kind of right there in between where obviously I appreciate Coach Jordan and what he means to the Auburn family, but there, there's almost this, I don't want to say like favoritism towards the Pat Dyer because he really was the rejuvenation for the Auburn family in a way. And what he brought in, obviously, his hand in bringing Bo Jackson and obviously everything that he was as a sports figure, not just an Auburn uh, player, but a sports figure. Um, it was just it was such a unique, rejuvenating time. 
and I am very jealous that you got to start your time at Auburn at the very beginning of this whole thing and witness it. So, you know, I know it's a very general question to ask, but what is that like watching Bo Jackson on the field, on campus? What's that like? Definitely one of the greatest athletes of all time. And, you know, to be there on campus at the same time and, you know, actually see him in class. He was a Bo Jackson. Many people might not know was a, uh, I think he was an early childhood education major or something. (laughs) So you would walk, you would walk along uh, the concourse there. And there was one of the buildings right off Haley center that had a playground on it. And you'd see Bo out there playing with little kids (laughs) (laughs) and just kind of, kind of be amazed, but you know, much like the 1972 iron bowl that, that really broke a long string of, 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 Iron Bowl losses, uh, the 1982 season with, you know, which ended in bow over the top. Auburn was nine and three that year and ended Alabama's nine game streak in the, in the Iron Bowl. We went on to beat Boston College, I believe, which was quarterbacked by Doug Flutie, who was famous at the time in Orlando. And I got to go to that game as well. So it was, it was a fantastic fantastic start and of course uh coach pat die was really coming into his own at that point yeah he uh definitely was the beginning of his era and had many more years to come and i am sure that uh you enjoyed watching what was the beginning of one of the greatest eras of auburn athletics in general but definitely football because you know you're here in in, in not the same amount of time but you know charles barkley had just come through Bo Jackson's in his heyday, you know, the big hurt's going to be coming through here. You know, a lot of people I hear these days say the eighties were the greatest decade in terms of Auburn sports. There's probably a good case to make there, at least in terms of individual athletes that are there. Uh, did you ever get to go watch Bo Jackson plays any baseball games while you're there? I did. We went um, two, two or three times and he was just, you know, as everybody has seen through his pro career, just a, a freakish athlete, uh, you know, he could run track, play baseball. He could, he could probably compete on the equestrian team. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a really funny image in my head now thinking of him on the back of a horse. Thank Maybe you not. For that. <laughs> Maybe not. You know, but the year after that, 1983, people may not remember that as well. You know, after Bo on the, over the top in 82 was an 11 and one season by Auburn. Uh, the first, Southeastern Conference title by Auburn since 1957, which is also a big national championship year. We went on to beat Michigan in the Superdome in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, probably should have been national championship. Probably had, should have had a national championship then. And uh, but you know, just a, a fantastic year. And then I think we were my last two years. We were eight and four ish, something like that. But you know one bowl games of course senior year was momentous because Bo Jackson just had a an incredible an incredible year won the Heisman Trophy um it was heartbreaking as a an Auburn senior to lose your last iron bowl to a last second field goal but uh anyway that was a those those things happened but fantastic to see Bo win win the Heisman I remember being in a final exam in the college of business 
when the Heisman Trophy was announced. And so we're sitting there trying to make our way through a final exam, which was probably one of the toughest ones I'd ever, ever took in my own career. And you hear people outside the building on the concourse just yelling and screaming and horns honking. And, uh, you know, we all knew Bo was the favorite and, and he brought the Heisman home to Auburn, which was a big deal. I can only imagine what that was like being on campus during that time. There's something about, you know, the small town, small universe. And I, I, I get that Auburn is not small compared to some other universities out there. But, you know, just the unique celebrations that have in such a close-knit community, uh, it would have been something really incredible to experience there. And you're in a very select group that witnessed the beginning and the end during your time at Auburn of Bo Jackson. And that's – you are – one of the very few and the very luckies that literally got to do life with him in, in essence in college uh, you get to, got to see him playing with little kids. And that's, that's another funny image in my head as well. And I actually um, got to re reconnect with, with Bo while AJ was um, a student at Auburn, our oldest son. And uh, we were, it was, you know, dorm move in day. And so we're walking down the concourse and see Bo, like all the rest of us parents, carrying boxes of stuff for our student. And he had come down, I think he lived in Chicago at the time, that was moving his daughter into the dorm at Auburn, carrying her boxes, which he was very capable of doing. But I, I thought that was a very uh, uh, humble, real dad that, that Bo was. Yeah, we and then had the opportunity later on. Our the company I've worked for for thirty five years had Bo come in and and speak to a bunch of clients one day, and and was interesting to see all he's done in the business world as well. You literally have just done life with Bo. Y'all can't get away from each other. <laughs> you may not know each other like super well or anything like that, but the fact that y'all were in school at the same time, you're sending kids to college at Auburn at the same time, business, you know, connections there. Uh, you know, you, you've been a very lucky man uh, to be able to, to cross paths with one Bo Jackson as much as you have. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. 
Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Let let me go back a little bit more to your time specifically at Auburn, and maybe you mentioned it a little bit, uh, the College of Business. Is that what you came to Auburn to study, or did you change majors, or how did that work out for you? Nope, it was it was college of business all the way. Majored in finance and um, ended up in in banking for all the years since. Um, but it was it's a different little different world from the from Louder Hall and the graduate business building meccas that they have now. We were in uh, a little more decrepit uh, Thatch Hall and Titchener Hall back then, but uh, still a great great business education and wouldn't trade it for anything. So what are some of the harder courses that you took uh, during that tract at Auburn? Well, that one I mentioned that I was in the final exam when Bo won the, you know, the announced for the Heisman <laughs> Trophy was a course called utility finance. And of course the calculuses and the uh, finance and uh, accounting courses were, uh, were all difficult and uh, extremely indebted to, friends of mine who went through yeah you know we sometimes it's the uh friends that get us through all of that stuff <laughs> the, the tough courses the tough times what you where you're going at college uh speaking of and i'm sure you got involved at some things on campus other than academics and other than sports what was campus life like for you uh while at auburn outside of those things sure it was you know surrounded with friends my roommate all four years uh, was in the Auburn marching band. So I got to know quite a few people through that. Richard Stevens that you met was in the, the Auburn University marching band. Um, and then friends through the the BSU and, and church as well. But I you know, remember very well the, the free movies at Langdon Hall. Who you know, We've now had three three kids who have either graduated for Auburn and our youngest is a junior now. They don't remember the, the free movies, but uh, that was a big deal on campus. And certainly going to, um, you know, the old ice cream place in town, the uh, Santa Freeze or Santa Flush, as we called it, <laughs> Flush, uh, was, a, was a great time as well as parties around campus with, with friends was always fantastic. But it, you know, generally all centered um, you know, everybody um, coalesced around the, the student section in football games, which was every bit as electric then as it is now, as well as uh, the basketball games and the baseball games, basketball games at the old Memorial Coliseum. And, uh, you know, we would stand up the whole game, much like the jungle in, in Auburn Arena now. And, um, and we had much to much to cheer for in those years in the basketball realm as well uh, as we had Charles Barkley and Chuck Person and Gerald White and Frank Ford and Jeff Moore and all those guys who was a very successful era of Auburn basketball as well. But um, campus life was, was fantastic. You know, started and I always lived off campus, which I, I regretted that I didn't live in the dorm any when I, when I was there, but uh, lived off campus in a garage which was, <laughs> had seven foot ceilings and um you know you 
it was a, a little little tiny room that had a tiny little kitchenette and would um, walk across Ag Hill and Funches Hall toward Haley Center and the rest of campus uh, whole freshman year. So felt like I was on campus, even though we were just across College Street there where the, the, old, um, the old Heart of Auburn Hotel and one of my favorite restaurant spots in Auburn was the barbecue house so i was situated in a little uh garage apartment right next to the barbecue house you're bringing back some hurt feelings here the fact that barbecue house is not there anymore uh i'm with you brother oh man there was it some hurts. good morning there were some good mornings leaving funches hall uh going over there to get a little little late breakfast and boy could they cook up a good breakfast now you know there are plenty of great places to eat any meal in auburn uh, but there was something special about some of those little places. You missed, you mentioned the Santa Flush Freeze. You know, I hear about this thing so much from so many different people of different eras. What was the big thing with the Santa Freeze? Like, why, why is this the thing that everybody keeps talking about? I think it was just a hangout. It was something everybody did. You know, certainly it's uh, certainly warm in the South. So uh, anything cool was a was a big win. Uh, I don't remember the ice cream being that great, uh, but uh, kind of along the lines of a, a Dairy Queen, maybe. But uh, it was a very rustic, um, you know, bad paint job, old, <laughs> decrepit building that probably uh, may not have met all the health codes and all that good stuff. But it was a fantastic place to hang out. See, that's the way I describe the original Mama Goldbergs to people. I said, look, you can go to one of the chain stores and get the good. The food's still going to be good, but there's something about, and it's going to be gross, I'm sorry, but the musty smell of that place that when you walk in there, it just seeps into all the food and stuff like that, and there's something that just is different about it. So sounds like that was the way for the Santa Flush. You, you kind of recognize probably isn't the best place in terms of health codes and things like that might need a touch of cleaning could be used here but hey we have those memories we have those moments that we hold so dear there and uh so i always just you get a little chuckle whenever i hear the santa flush slash freeze slash whatever you want to call it brought up because it is a staple of that time and period at auburn that so many many uh, people talk about uh, for them on campus or off of campus so you said you wish that you had been on campus for a year why is that well, there's something about the camaraderie. I, you know, like I said, I was blessed to have several high school friends who were a year older than me that went to Auburn, and I had that uh, good set of friends when I got there. But, um, you know, for our kids that have gone to Auburn in later years, being in the dorm was, was a good opportunity to meet other people and have that kind of community in Auburn. But uh, then I moved from the garage apartment to um, something that was quite common in the back in the day and, and lived in a lovely mobile home the, the last three years, which could be very hot in the summer and very cold in the winter. <laughs> it was basically a roof of four walls and, and, a, and a bathroom and a kitchen, maybe. <laughs> a, a tin can. It was plenty of room and it was blessed, blessed to have a place to live, so. Do you it think it was its purpose? Do you think it was probably a better situation than some of those dorm rooms, though? Oh, I do. As far <laughs> as space, space wise, and we backed up to a we had a little pond on one side. We had a farm behind us, so which was great, except on the weekends when the rooster would wake you up. 
and see that right there that is lends itself to so many you know the barn jokes from the alabama fans and very true we understand our roots though and you know there is a very ag based feel it's a state school so it was built off of land grant and uh you know there there's a little bit of heritage to that history of just coming up from nothing and i think that builds itself into the auburn story uh, because we were the ones that were, you know, the second thought of all the time. And sometimes it makes it all the more special when we get to the highest points because we come from such hardworking, humble, blue collar beginnings. And obviously times have changed and we're a much more wide and diverse family of all different backgrounds and lifestyles now. Um, but the, I think at its core, everyone who's a part of the Auburn family connects with what you described there, a rooster clucking as you live in the, in the mobile home trying to get ready to go to school. And maybe, just maybe, there's your version of Bo Jackson off in the distance. Is there anything from your college experience we haven't talked about that you'd like to share before we move on? Um, you know, certainly basketball was a big deal. I grew up in Montgomery with neighbor on one side of us who was – uh, had been on an SEC basketball championship team at some other school in West Alabama back in his day. He was older, um, claimed to have been a roommate of one coach, Bear Bryant. And on the other side, I had a neighbor who was also basketball-oriented who helped coach women's basketball at University of Tennessee back way in the day. He claimed when women's basketball only played half court, <laughs> so um, I love basketball growing up. That was my my sport and grew up listening on the radio in my early years to, to Auburn games on the road, the ones that we couldn't go to on campus. Um, so enjoyed those radio broadcasts and how those broadcasters painted a great picture and uh, pulling for Auburn at home and away. Uh, we used to have to sneak into my parents' room and that was the only radio in the house and um so when they got ready for me to be out of there i'd have to miss the end of the game sometime but uh, we certainly enjoyed uh having season tickets to the home games and seeing those so it was had a great basketball heritage as well and attended most of the auburn home basketball games during my teenage years through uh, the Dr. Coach Bob Davis days. And then Sonny Smith came to coach the team right before um, I went to campus. Even had a tie-in with Coach Cliff Ellis when we lived in Mobile um, for several years. He coached the University of South Alabama basketball team. And so we enjoyed watching them. And then he goes to Auburn to coach, which I was very excited about it. And wow, the Bruce Pearl era. That's fantastic. <laughs> You've literally just seen the ups and downs and the, in the much varied history. I noticed that you didn't mention one, uh, Tony Barbie in the, in that. I did not. I was, uh, glad to be, uh, not attending many games during that. <laughs> hey, count yourself lucky. I had to, it was not fun. Yeah. Um, Anyway, it's not, nothing about me complaining here is necessary for this episode here. But you do have a very long and storied history with Auburn basketball, and it's and it's a sport that ironically gets a, not forgotten, but a little bit pushed to the side because of how great football was in that time. But people forget how great Auburn's basketball 
heritage is outside of, you know, obviously we think of Sonny Smith, we think of Chuck Persons, we think of Charles Barkley's, but it goes much deeper and wider uh, than that as well. Well, you have a very unique experience and story at the uh, university, as many people do. Uh, very briefly, let's talk about life after uh, when you, you specifically graduated in 1986, correct? That's correct. And with a business degree, you go into the banking world, uh, you get married, you have a couple of kids. What's life as an Auburn fan like during this time of your life? Uh, has it changed much? Have has, have you uh, calmed down a little bit? Are you not as ferocious as you? <laughs> I forget what you described AJ as, as uh, maybe rabid. Uh, how has That's that right. changed or is anything different for you these days? Well, I started out working in Montgomery briefly and then uh, went to work for a bank in Birmingham. Birmingham at the time was um, – heavily in an Alabama fan town. So that was a little difficult uh, to start with, but uh, we had some success on the field and the court to, to help that out. Um, and then, uh, you know, married into, as I mentioned earlier, a, a lifelong Alabama fan. I wouldn't call her an, a rabid fan, but <laughs> some in the family are. And um, so that was, made for for some interesting family gatherings but uh, everybody is very amiable and kind of takes it in stride um then we moved to mobile i mentioned and that was that was tough in the auburn journey in that we were that much farther away from from the plane so there were a few uh less uh, attending auburn games at that point although um i do remember one in particular um i think it was it was when uh, bo nix's father patrick nix came in to the iron bowl and and um uh, in kind of a precarious situation <laughs> uh you know the starting quarterback stan white had had gone down it was a tight game and the whole stadium really felt like oh this is going to be uh this is going to be bad your starting quarterback goes down with a knee injury and Unproven Patrick Nix comes in and almost immediately throws to the famous touchdown pass to Frank Sanders to to score a touchdown uh, to uh, keep us keep us in the game and we ended up winning that one in the end and I had the privilege of attending that particular Iron Bowl in Auburn with a former Auburn player Bob Sherling who was a friend of ours in Mobile and. Um, we won the game, celebrated with all the fans, went outside Jordan-Hare Stadium and walked by where the Alabama um, team buses were, were loading up. And Bob Sherling, former Auburn player who I was with, saw a, a coach, an assistant coach for Alabama that he knew. Some of you may know coach brother Bill Oliver. And um, they caught eyes. And brother Oliver was one of those – unusual coaches he coached some at auburn and some at alabama so he had coached bob at when he played at auburn now he's coaching an assistant coach at alabama at that point so we had a really great conversation after the iron bowl because auburn won that one <laughs> so if you had to like pin down uh your time out of college to now some of the best auburn sports memories that you've either 
been at or witnessed, or even if you weren't at the games and just experienced, you know, in, in unique ways, like what, what would you say if you had to kind of pigeonhole those unique experiences or great moments in Auburn sports stuff for yourself during that time? Sure. I mentioned the 17, 16, but punt. that was certainly a big one. And then, um, you know, the, I remember the night being at the 1989 iron bowl, which was the first one physically at Jordan Hare stadium, the first iron bowl at Auburn. And that just, the stadium was electric. We came away with a big win and that was very huge. Um, I mentioned the 1993 game where we went um, 11 and 0 that season coached, Terry Bowden had his uh, his uh, one season heyday as as coach, <laughs> and uh, you know the Knicks, Patrick Knicks to Frank Sanders right before halftime, and um, that was that was a fantastic memory. And then, of course, much like other Auburn fans, uh, the the 2010 season was magical with the national championship. Um, some of our family got to go to Tuscaloosa to the Iron Bowl that year and of course we're down big at halftime the the cam back cam newton and and crew bring us back to to win at, at the end in, in tuscaloosa and i mentioned our family it was a a great opportunity after the game as we're leaving the stadium in tuscaloosa and we're all celebrating most of the uh, population there in tuscaloosa are hanging their heads <laughs> and we ran into um goodly portion of my um in-laws and that side of the family and they all just rolled their eyes and looked at us and walked the other way (laughs) (laughs) one time they don't want to be associated with you (laughs) but that was that was quite interesting and then being in jordan hare stadium with the the family for uh the prayer jordan hare and getting to witness the the kick six win in the iron bowl at auburn was huge um on the basketball side i remember my birthdays in january so it usually revolved and does to this day being at a an auburn basketball game to celebrate and that year um in i think it was 1998 99 something like that um i attended the auburn alabama basketball game really excited there to celebrate the birthday and it was the famous one where Auburn beat Alabama 94 to 40. Mm. So I went, Auburn won by 54 points at uh, Memorial Coliseum in Auburn. And I remember very vividly seeing Alabama coach Mark Godfrey uh, got up from his seat sitting with the players. He walked over kind of towards uh, the scorers table, sat up on top of it and just crossed his arms in front of him and, smirked the rest of the game he just didn't move for about another five minutes (laughs) he couldn't believe what he was seeing and uh but beating alabama by 54 points uh was was quite a spectacle and many other uh times where we beat alabama or uh, the few times we would beat kentucky as a student or in later on that was that was very special um also i don't want to forget one one memory of being on campus um there was a i think there guess there still is a a cafeteria in the four union building but uh the war eagle cafeteria was there and one of the few places to eat on campus so there was a bunch of us friends who would meet there and at a certain group of tables every day for lunch and 
So we're in there and there's a commotion. We are commotion on the other side of the War Eagle cafeteria. And we see Coach Sonny Smith and Charles Barkley coming in. They come over and climb up on top of our lunch table at War Eagle cafeteria to, you know, <laughs> much like Bruce Pearl, Coach Sonny Smith was a great marketing salesperson. And he hopped up on the table and, uh, you know, encouraged all the students to be at that night's big basketball game and Charles Barkley spoke a few words, but just seeing them stand up on your table and, and uh, get the, the student body excited was, was quite a good memory, but many, many great um, memories from, you know, the eight day game this, this last Saturday was, was great. Just being back on campus and seeing fans after the pandemic um, uh, yeah. yelling, hearing the band and, um, we will look forward to this fall and Lord willing having a full stadium and uh, the band and, and the Eagle flying and the tiger walk and all of those traditions will be fantastic. And then to have the current basketball team be able to enjoy uh, a full Auburn arena and the jungle rocking is going to be fantastic. You know, I started this question with what have you done or what have you experienced? The question is, I should ask, is what haven't you done or what haven't you experienced? Because literally you just ran through like every like, you know, marquee game, marquee moment. I mean, you even got to witness Sonny Smith and Charles Barkley getting. How did that table hold Charles Barkley? I mean, <laughs> he was the round mound of rebound. So I'm I'm wondering, apparently they engineered things better back then because it, it did and uh, you know, we all just cleared our our uh, cafeteria trays away, <laughs> made room for them, and uh, enjoyed the moment. Those are always unique moments that you'll remember. Uh, sometimes it's not even the the big sports moments, but it's those little things like Charles Barkley standing on your table, almost stepping in your mashed potatoes <laughs> that you'll always remember uh, from your time at Auburn. Uh, well, how about this? I, I love everything that you've shared here. I think it would be appropriate now for us to move into the final questionnaire for you. Um, I mean, kind of get a good perspective about some of these little fun nuances of what it means to be an Auburn family member, what you think about them. How are you ready for that? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So these are the not so rapid fire, rapid fire questions. I say not so rapid fire because usually there's some explanation that needs to go for it. Either I ask for it or you might need to feel the need to do it. We'll start right here. We have 12 questions to get through. Question number one, orange or blue? You can probably tell by my attire today. I'm I'm an orange guy. Do you think you look better Although, in orange? Or I like is it... blue too. Orange <laughs> is distinctive. As long as it's true Auburn orange, not Tennessee orange, not Texas orange. It took Bruce Pearl a little while to figure that out, but he's all Auburn orange now. Yeah, he had the, the what we'll call the puke orange for a little bit, <laughs> or the pale. He uses the wardrobe he had. Yeah, you know, he had to take a little bit of time to accessorize the best he could with the proper attire of orange uh, built into there. Question two: Obby or War Eagle? I'm going to go with War Eagle. Um, when I was at Auburn, they actually had the eagle lived in an aviary in a big, huge cage near the concourse near Haley Center, and, uh, you know, anytime you pass by there, if you weren't late for a class, you, you went by and uh, were in awe of, of the War Eagle there, and that was very special. Although, Albie, 
which began as an animated character, uh, actually debuted as the mascot right before my Auburn years. And so that was a big deal as well. But I'd have to go with the War Eagle. It's a solid choice. I can't guarantee that you're safe from the minions of Obby, but hey, you know, he, you know, War Eagle is obviously a good choice there as well. Question three your favorite line, word, phrase within the Auburn fight song, what would that be? Hmm, how about a tip of the hat to your podcast network? Ever to conquer has to be one of them. I will uh, I will take that tip of the hat and accept it, sir. <laughs> it is a good one, though. It's why we chose it for the name of the, the network to go, because uh, we just felt like it, you know, it's a very hearty uh, way to describe what we do here. Always ever to conquer. Question four, your favorite Auburn athletics program. What sports program? You had to pick one and only one forever and ever. What would it be? I think it's got to be football. You know, we're a football school, although – basketball has always been one of my favorite sports so it's a kind of a 1a 1b football and basketball it's a fair it's fair you know it's it's hard for people to break away from the football thing it's understandably so but i just feel like one day one day we're going to get that auburn volleyball fan on here that just picks auburn (laughs) uh let's see question five your favorite auburn athlete of all time Hmm, i guess i'd have to go i'd have to go bo jackson with that one just because he was a, a true athlete, um, you know, could run over people in football or run around them or over them and bow over the top or, uh, and certainly an amazing baseball player as well. Uh, it was certainly a tragedy when he got injured as a, as a professional, he would have had a likely a long career in both the NFL and major league baseball. You know, we don't argue very much with anybody whether Bo Jackson was probably the greatest athlete of all time, but he could have proven that had he not got injured. That's the most frustrating thing about that is his greatness was was taken away from him far too soon. I actually made the trip when Auburn played at the University of Texas, which was a big deal. You know, Texas, big football school, too, and and Bo got hurt in that game and sort of sealed our fate that day, but... Uh, uh, save injuries. He was uh, quite amazing. One of the most unique players in Auburn history, but one of the most unique athletes in the entire world. Question six, your favorite Auburn coach of all time. You know, I probably got an interesting choice there. Maybe um, I would say coach Sonny Smith and, you know, certainly enjoyed watching him coach Auburn have also enjoyed him being the, the color analyst on the basketball broadcast to date. Um, certainly knows his, his schemes, his offenses and, and defense, uh, but a colorful character and uh, got to be my favorite Auburn Roots podcast you've had. Well, thank you for plugging that. Yes, that was uh, episode 15 would have been when we interviewed him on his roots and a little connective tissue here between him and yours because I even think he talked about jumping up on the, the table at the lunchroom. If I remember correctly, either he either shared that live on the episode or just privately to me because I remember him talking about it. So now to... I believe he did, and I thought, that was my table! I was, I was thinking, you know, now to have it all connect back together, it's just, it's it's kind of funny now. 
But yes, you can go back and listen to that one, episode 15, if you'd like. It was a great conversation with him. Coach Sonny Smith, great pick. Question seven for you, your favorite Auburn non-athletics person. So a little clarification on this. This can be really anybody outside of the athletic program. So no coaches, no players, um, no athletic directors, but you know, a, a family member, a professor, a friend, someone. When I think of Auburn, I think of this person. Well, I'd have to go with our kids who've been Auburn students uh, as as number one, and certainly the the college friends from my days there that are near and dear uh, still. And um, you know, one plug for this coming football season, we've got a group of us that have kept up with each other since our days at Auburn, and we've made plans at times to try to go to games together and. We've had circled on our calendar wanting to make the trip to the Penn State, Auburn Penn State game in State College, Pennsylvania this fall in September. And um, one of our dear friends has um, cancer, uh, a recurring cancer, and we still have that date uh, circled, even though there's radiation and chemo in the picture right now, um, praying that we have that opportunity to all to go together to cheer on the Tigers in Happy Valley up at Penn State this this fall. I would imagine that that is giving them a something to fight for and something to look forward to 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 continue to push on through all of that that's going on there because that is going to be a unique experience. Um, I, I was hoping to be there myself. I don't know that it's going to work out for me, uh, but I will be very jealous of you if you're sitting in the stands in Happy Valley. Uh, for Auburn versus Penn State. That's going to be quite the matchup at the start of the season. Question eight, your favorite Auburn building on, off mm. campus can be any of that. You know, Timmers has to be one of those. Um, think of uh, weird ones being <laughs> Haley Center and the uh, <laughs> monolith as it is. Um, you know, something that made Haley Center tolerable and was one of my favorite buildings at the time was uh, back in in the 80s, you could still go up to what we call the eagle's nest at the very top um, above the, you know, basically on the roof was a glass in area and uh, would go up there to clear my brain or to, to study or to enjoy the view of campus. Um, so even though it's not a very attractive build, building architecturally, it was a great place as far as the view when the uh, nuclear war hits us, there will be two things left, the cockroaches and Haley Center. I'm convinced of it because it'll stand the no test doubt. of time. <laughs> and here's the sad part. The cockroaches will get stuck in it and be lost because they can't find their way around either, <laughs> along with the other people which, that got lost. Which quad were we in? <laughs> quad? Who said there was a quad here? <laughs> oh, what a, it's, it's a, you know, it's one of those buildings I think we'll always miss should it ever go away. Uh, but we'll, you know, obviously probably think back of the things we love to despise about it as much as we loved about it. It's definitely one that we'll, Auburn family members will never forget. Question nine, your favorite Auburn place to eat? Present, past. Well, we've already discussed. Traditionally, it probably would have been the barbecue house, which is no longer there just because it was right next to where I lived and, um, you know, didn't have a, a great budget to, for eating out. Uh, which just seems to be different than students today, but, uh, um, you know, that was, that was, that was definitely a, a go-to and 
unbelievable amount of of great restaurants that that Auburn offers today, from barbecue to to fine dining. So, um, great great spot there in Auburn, Opelika. For sure, if you like can't find eat. a if you can't find a place to eat in Auburn for whatever you want, I can't help you. I mean, it is literally like a little plethora of dining options out there. Everything from your your standard McDonald's to your, you know, like you said, fine dining, Amsterdam, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's there if you need it. So, good eh, there there's not it should be a hard time for you to find somewhere to eat. Question 10, your favorite Auburn tradition. This can be a sports tradition, a non-sports pr- tradition or even something really obscure and personal to you, but your favorite Auburn tradition. I would say certainly it's got to be, you know, in the era where there's been live eagle flights like i said when the going back to the day where the eagle was basically just on display in the aviary off the concourse uh to seeing that great raptor fly free through the stadium to the chance of war eagle um down into the middle of the field and a exciting game is is a tradition second to none in my mind it's hard to beat that one, isn't it? <laughs> it's really, it's really hard to top that in terms of sports. Uh, I don't think there's anybody that's come to visit Auburn, even as a non-Auburn fan, that hasn't been radically changed by it. I think even one person said, "I have been to Auburn and I have seen the mecca of college football," <laughs> simply because of the War Eagle flight. Question eleven: Your favorite Auburn memory? Any Auburn memory that you have? When I think of Auburn, I think of this memory. Hmm. There's so many, Kyle. I know. But that's why I'm pushing to, to pin it down on one. It's hard to nail down. I guess I would have to go back to the kick six game, which was back and forth and back and forth. Huge Iron Bowl game. Our whole family was there, either in the student section or seated with us. And the celebration afterwards with, uh, you know, seeing our, our kids out on the field celebrating with the players and um that was just just tremendous knowing it was a you know it had been kind of a um magical season which you know led to the up to the national championship game you see I, in a general sense i'm not shocked that you picked the kick six but but then you know after hearing your story and everything that you experienced again my question should have been what haven't you experienced I'm surprised that you didn't pick some of those back of the thing. But then it, I think back to what you said at the beginning of this episode. It's about the Auburn family. But for me, especially more specifically, it's about my Auburn family. My, and the fact that you shared that spectacular moment, arguably, and I will fight anybody to the nail on this, the best co- college, if not sports moment of all time with your family. And then, of course, with your extended Auburn family. Uh, it makes sense uh, with the way you've kind of shaped your Auburn roots for us, why that would be your favorite Auburn memory. Final question. Describe Auburn to me in one word other than family. Boy, you're making it difficult. It's my job. I would say, <laughs> I would say it feels like home. I would choose the word home. Um, you know, it always felt comfortable at relatives that, that attended there who had roots there i graduated there our kids have, have been there um we've talked about maybe down the road retiring there i would call it home you know that's not uh, an uncommon theme that i think at least one time in everybody's life that calls himself a member of the auburn family 
doesn't think, could I ever do it? Could I end up back there? <laughs> so I'd love to see you guys back there in Auburn, uh, creating some more memories for you and the Richardson family. It has been great walking through your Auburn roots and your Auburn story with you, Rob. And I'm very appreciative of you sharing that with us today. As you uh, sign off with us, if you had anything final that you wanted to say uh, to your Auburn family, what would it be? I would say a big war eagle. And again, looking forward to full stadiums, full arenas, um, all of the Auburn family being back together and in full force. Um, got a new football coaching staff, great momentum in, in all of the sports. And um, just being back together will be fantastic. Absolutely. So War, War Eagle, everybody. War Eagle, it's always better when we're together as the Auburn family. Thank you, Rob, again for being here. Thank you for the listeners for tuning in for episode 28 of Auburn Roots. There'll be many more episodes to come, and we thank you for listening. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. <laughs>